LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. What's the link there? And we've got live Wimbledon, day two. What is going on with Australian tennis? This is no holds barred. Get up, I get, get up, I get, get up, I get, get up, I get down for my grandfather who took my mama, made us sit in that seat where white folks ain't want us to eat. At the tender age of six, she was arrested for the sit-ins. And with that in my blood, I was born to be different. Today's show is going to be a beast, <clears throat> an absolute beast. We're going to get into, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA here soon, and then we're going to get into Wimbledon. There's a lot to talk about. A couple of upsets there yesterday, but the majority of the focus of today's program is going to be on the Australian tennis and what's going on with the men in the men's draw, because it doesn't look good, and I think a serious rant is in order today on No Holds Barred. Today's show is huge. We're going to start today with basketball, NBA basketball, and then we're going to segue on to day two of Wimbledon. We've got live action going on right now in the No Holds Barred studio, and we really need to get on to the hot topic of there was a couple of upsets yesterday we need to touch on that but then we're going to segue on to the Australian males and what is going on with their form and their performances at uh, the 2017 championships it's not pretty and either is my evaluation but we are going to start with NBA basketball and free agency is continuing over there in the United States. And teams and fans and players are waiting for Gordon Haywood to make a decision on where he plays. Now, he was wined and dined overnight by the Boston Celtics, by GM Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics. And basically his decision comes down to he can take more money in Utah, the Utah Jazz, but are they going to be coming out of the West or are they going to be challenging for titles? I say no. Uh, and if they think they are, they're delusional. Haywood went down to Miami, checked out uh, the scene down there, you know, Drove the uh, drove the fast cars, the boats, the uh, the lifestyle, the beaches. Uh, Pat Riley down there, the uh, president of basketball operations, the legendary Pat Riley, the master recruiter. Uh, Haywood uh, 
could join the Miami Heat, uh, a great organisation. They work hard. They, uh, they are professional in everything they do. But the Boston Celtics is where Gordon Haywood needs to be. His old coach, Brad Stevens, who coached him as Butler, is now the head man there. He's one of the best young coaches in the NBA. The Boston Celtics have a great tradition of success. They're one of the most fanatical franchises uh, in all of sports, let alone the NBA. They've got Isaiah Thomas, the diminutive little point guard slash shooting guard. They've got Al Horford, and they've got a bunch of guys, got a bunch of B players, Avery Bradley, uh, Jay Crowder, Kelly Olenek, these kind of guys that, that work hard. They're not superstars or stars by any stretch of the imagination, but they are good, solid NBA players. They picked up Jason Tatum out of the draft, out of Duke. He's lighting up the summer league right now. And Haywood, if they add Gordon Haywood to that mix, combined with their draft picks, that they're able to move on if Danny Ainge actually grows a backbone here because he's holding on to these draft picks like he's an accountant. And, hey, we've got all these draft picks and the future looks bright. But, Danny, let me ask you a question. What about right now? What about right now? How's your roster look right now? And if Haywood does not decide to go to Boston, which I think he will, I think it's a done deal. But if he doesn't, and Danny Ainge whiffs on this, where do Boston go from there? That's a big question. But Ainge is banking on Haywood to come to Beantown to wear the famous Celtics uniform. I think he will do this. I think he will decide this over the next 24 hours. Then from there, Danny Ainge has got to package some draft picks and go out and get another star player to add to the mix because you're not beating LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers with just Gordon Haywood coming on board. You need to recruit another star player if you are going to beat LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East to get a crack at the Golden State Warriors. Now, the interesting thing is, LeBron, what is he doing? Is he hanging around in Cleveland? Is he looking elsewhere? Because the word is, he was in Los Angeles over the weekend, setting up meetings, doing deals, looking at partnerships. He's got a home in Los Angeles that he's had there in Brentwood for quite some time. Magic Johnson, the president of basketball operations, I'm sure absolutely sure that he would love LeBron James in the purple and purple and gold absolutely he would and I'm sure for LeBron James it has crossed his mind that man how good would it be to play in the purple and gold just like magic just like someone who he used to look up to when he was a player and don't think that this uh there's no way that this can happen because LeBron is at that stage of his career now where he's got to look at setting himself up and his empire and his brand, his billion-dollar brand and his business deals outside of basketball and what better, place to, what better place to do that than Hollywood, Los Angeles. Because in Cleveland, I'm sure he's looking around and thinking, man... We're not beating this Warriors team 
with this team that we've got here in Cleveland. We need to add more pieces. But they're struggling to be able to add more pieces because the dominoes are not falling where they need to fall. The only one that's out there right now that can probably add to the Cavaliers is Carmelo Anthony. But it looks like he's looking at the Rockets as more of a, a destination for him other than Cleveland. Now, Cleveland is still in the running, but the Golden State Warriors are going nowhere because they have signed every single player from their roster from that championship team last year to a new deal. They've got somewhere, somewhere in excess of $325 million of contracts that they've signed over the last week. I'm talking about Curry, $201 million. Durant, $53 million. Iguodala, a three-year deal, about $48 million. Then you've got Sean Livingston, the backup point guard, and even David West, the, the veteran who was a championship chaser and came across and you know came off the bench, ninth or tenth off the bench, played about two minutes each night to get a ring. He's even come back again. The Warriors roster is intact and LeBron's surely he's looking and saying man I need more help I can't do it here in Cleveland in fact I came back to Cleveland to win a title in my home with my home uh, my home club my home franchise well last time I checked he did that and I'm sure he's thinking I've done that now I've done that why do I need to hang around here I need to win a couple more rings for my legacy. And I'm sure he's looking at Los Angeles. Hey, hey, what about here? I can come here. Come and join Lonzo Ball here. Paul George is coming here after next year because he's not hanging around in OKC, folks. There's absolutely no way he hangs around and signs a long-term deal in Oklahoma City. He's coming to Los Angeles without a doubt. And just in case you haven't checked, he's playing with Russell Westbrook next year, who went to UCLA in Los Angeles. And he's always talked about perhaps coming back to coming back home and playing for the Lakers as well. A team of Lonzo Ball, LeBron James, Paul George and Russell Westbrook forming in Los Angeles is a formidable lineup. And one that Really, really, LeBron needs to look at as a possibility moving forward. He can come to LA. He's got his home there in Los Angeles. He's in the entertainment capital of the world. Movies, business deals, brand, a billion-dollar empire, championships, Magic Johnson, Showtime. He's looking at this. Don't you worry about that. He was in L.A. for the weekend. And Cleveland, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Dan Gilbert, and I'm Kyrie Irving, and I'm Kevin Love, and I'm Tristan Thompson, I'm getting nervous. Because LeBron does whatever he wants to do, and he's at that stage of his career now where, yeah, a couple more titles will be great. They will round things out. They will help the legacy. They will help the argument of best ever of the GOAT, but it sure as hell ain't happening in Cleveland, and I think he's woken up, and he's realised that, and he's putting his chips in a different area, this is no holds barred.
man. LeBron of the Lakers, Paul George, Westbrook, Lonzo Ball, man. That would challenge the Golden State Warriors, that's for sure. But, you know, LeBron is looking at this without a doubt because, you know, he's into the third stage of his career right now. He first, come into the, he first came into the league, okay, and, you know, these players come into the league and they want to, they just want to set the tone of, you know what, hey, I'm going to score all these points, I'm going to show you that I'm the man, that I'm the best player on the planet, and they have more of an individual kind of focus, more so than a team one. Yeah, they want to win games, but you know they want to put up numbers, they want to score the most points, they want to be recognised as the best individual player in the league. And then after seven or eight years, they, they realise that, oh, well, I can't do this all by myself, uh, I need help. I need to get some players around me. I need, uh, you know, I, I need to get others involved, or I need, uh, I need someone to help me here. I can't win this by myself. I can't win titles by myself. So they go into championship-winning mode, in case, and he's done that. He went to Miami, formed a super team there with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, won two, two out of the four titles. Came back to Cleveland, won another one. Has made the last three finals, but has just run into a buzzsaw with these Golden State Warriors. And now he's into the stage now where he's looking around the league and he's going, man, how am I going to beat these Warriors? So he's thinking about other things such as, I need to start preparing for life outside of basketball with business. Now, combined, combined basketball, yes, he, he still can win a couple, of, a couple more rings here, a couple, of, a couple more championships, a couple more titles and add to, uh, add to the, the CV, add to the resume. But, you know, he's on the back end now. He's only got about probably, you know what, four years, five years, maybe two, two legitimate years in his prime until he starts to slow down. And, you know, he's got to look at things off the court now as well. You know, the brand, the billion-dollar empire, as I discussed earlier on, the business dealings, the, uh, the mogul, the mogul mentality, and I think that's exactly what he's doing. Jordan was no different. Absolutely, Jordan came into the league. It's all about me. Watch me score points. I'm going to put up 33 a game, 33 a game, and I'm going to lose every single time we make the playoffs to the Pistons. The Pistons are going to beat us up every single time. We can't get past the Pistons. We can't get through. Phil Jackson becomes coach and says, hey, do you want to win scoring titles or do you want, do you want to win championships? Scotty Pippen gets involved. Okay, he goes through his his title mode, wins his titles through the middle part of his career. Then looks to uh, when he came back to the Wizards, his mentality was, "Hey, I want to be I want to be an owner. I want to be a, a part owner of a team. I want to, uh, you know, I want to set up, you know, the mogul." side of things, the the business dealings. Now, he already had his brand. He's already had his Jordan brand through Nike, but he wanted to be an owner of, a, uh, of an NBA franchise. Okay, same mode. Kobe Bryant, similar kind of thing. Kobe won three titles early on in his career with Shaq. They were dominant, just couldn't get along. Okay, it was never going to work out. If they, if, they, if they got along, if they played 10 seasons together, uh, they would have won 10 titles. Uh, you know, but... Uh, 
he wanted to be the, the alpha male uh, on the team. So he got his wish. Won the three titles early. Did his own thing there. Didn't, uh, you know, put up huge points, huge scoring. Look at me. I'm the man. I'm the best player in the league. I'm phenomenal. Yep, that's great. Not winning titles. Then, uh, then Pau Gasol comes on board and he's like, give me some help in here. Give me, give me, or, or, or trade me. Pau Gasol comes on board. Lamar wrote him. They load up again and they make a run and win a couple more titles. Okay, and then the last four or five years, it was he, he, even though he was playing and and still uh, still effective and one of the best players in the league, uh, you know, it was all about winding it down and he was uh, he was focusing on other business interests outside of the game. Okay, Kobe Inc. for example, all the players go through this. LeBron is in that mode right now, and Los Angeles is not out of the question. Trust me. So it can happen. LeBron, huh? LeBron in purple and gold? Man, that'd be something to see. Something to see. We're going to segue onto now, onto Wimbledon Championships. Day two going on live right now in the studio. Results are coming through. We will get to some of them here in a moment. But there were some matches going on last night when we were wrapping up yesterday's show that we need to touch on. I did, uh, I believe Stanley Varinka was in a battle there with Russian, uh, Dan, young Russian Daniel Medvedev. Uh, they were on centre court. I think they were tied at one set apiece when we were wrapping up uh, yesterday's show. And Varinka was looking in all sorts of trouble there early on. Now he fought back one set number two. And you're probably expecting him to go on and settle down and go on and uh, take care of business from there. But young Medvedev was not having a bar of it. Medvedev came out swatting ground strokes like uh, like flies there in the first set. And Stanley Varinka is gone. He is out. Four sets, done and dusted. Daniel Medvedev uh, has had the biggest win of his career, centre court at Wimbledon, and moves on to the second round. Now, you know, Stanley... Really uh, hasn't had great results at Wimbledon uh, over the journey, over his career. For someone who's won three slams and been top three in the world, uh, you would expect at least uh, a few decent results at the biggest tournament in the world. <coughs> Excuse me. But the bottom line is Stanley just does not move well on the grass court. Uh, his movement uh, is very, very, uh, very, very ordinary on the grass. He likes uh, he likes good footing uh, with his uh, with his movement, and especially the first week of the tournament there uh, at the All England Club, footing is uh, a major major issue for the big uh, the big guys, especially the big guys, the big uh, powerful players, the big powerful units, and uh, Stanley Stanley is out. Uh, Medvedev played better defense. He was he, he moved better and uh, was just sharper. And uh, unfortunately, Stanley on the grass just doesn't have the versatility to uh, to get through some of these matches uh, on this surface. He can't hit through the the grass like uh, like he can on the clay courts or the or the hard courts. Uh, and the lack of versatility, the lack of uh, a game plan or strategy, uh, lack of slice, moving the ball around, is a bit of a uh, a one-trick pony, Stanley. And if he's not able to uh, hit heavy ground strokes and 
uh, hit through you, then uh, he's very stubborn, and that stubbornness has caused him, and lack of versatility has, has caused him to be out uh, first round uh, yesterday on the first day of the championships. So Medvedev moves through. Great win for the young Russian, and uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of him. He's gone from 300 in the world to top 50 in the space of 18 months. So uh, Varinka gone. Result has just come through there. Roger Federer has moved through to the second round. Alexander Dolgopolov has uh, retired hurt. Roger led 6-3, 3-love, and Dolgopolov has pulled out with, uh, I believe it's a back injury. So uh, Federer through unscathed. Now, another result there. David Ferrer has beaten uh, Richard Gasquet in uh, round one. So you'd classify that as a bit of an upset because uh, Ferrer, on the back end of his career, has not had a really good season up until uh, up until this point on, for his standards. Uh, but he's beaten Gasquet in, in four sets. So uh, well done to David Ferrer. He's all heart, and uh, he moves on to round two as well. Um, but... It's time to talk about something very, very disturbing. We're going to segue on to uh, the Australian men here at the Wimbledon Championships for 2017. And uh, we're only into day two here at the Championships. And the results that I'm looking at here are absolutely startling. The men so far in the men's draw, the Australian men, are yet to win a match. I'm looking at six matches for six losses. Andrew Whittington versus Thiago Monteiro of Brazil. Loss, Whittington, four sets. Johnny Millman versus Rafa Nadal. Loss, Milman, as to be expected, playing Nadal, one of the form players on the planet. But Jordan Thompson versus Albert Ramo Vinolas of Spain. Lost to Thompson, straight sets. Tanasi Kokonakis versus Juan Martin Del, Del Potro. Loss to Kokonakis in four sets. Kokonakis just back from uh, from injuries, getting back on tour. Played pretty well. Nick Kyrgios versus the Frenchman, Herbert. We saw that yesterday. Absolute disaster. Hip injury, loss. Pulled out of the tournament. Kyrgios gone. And tonight, Bernard Tomic versus the lefty, Misha Zverev. Tomic, gone. 6-4, 6-3, He is out as well. So, where do we go from here? Really, okay? Wimbledon, the biggest, uh, the biggest tournament on the planet. A tournament that has been kind to Australians over the entire history of the tournament, okay? But to have six men there, okay, for six L's, for six losses, and some of these losses, okay, um, it's the way you lose as well, 
which says a lot about the character or the desire and the tenacity and the courage and the attitude and the mindset and the toughness of the player, of the athlete, of the individual. What kind of character do you have? And what I've seen from some of these Australian males doesn't say a whole lot for the way they go about it and the way they treat the sport with respect and integrity and want and desire and fight all the things that make you who you are. Bernard Tomic tonight, I mean, where do you start? He won eight total points on the service of his opponent. Eight points in three sets. Yes, that's not a, that's not a typo. That's a fact. Well, when he was receiving serve, he won eight total points for the entire match. And his press conference, he sat there and answered questions. And the press conference went around in circles. And it's the same old story with Tomic. It's like, oh, I don't think I have the desire. You know, sometimes I wake up and I've got the desire to play and other days I, I don't have the desire to play. I don't know. It's kind of hard, you know. Um, uh, I just, you know, I've won trophies before and uh, titles and I, I, see, uh, I see some of these young guys coming along and, you know, winning titles and stuff and I see that and, and I'm just as good as them. And, you know, but sometimes I just don't want to do it. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is the same thing we see time and time again. And a guy like Tomic is just never going to get it. He follows up a pathetic performance, a pathetic no heart, no character, no courage, no tenacity, poor attitude, negative body language, excuses. He follows it up and sits there in a press conference and sulks and carries on and makes excuses. It's disgraceful and everybody's tired of it. So I'm not surprised that he's out early on, first round, because he's in free fall, both on and off the court. And there's a great example of what's wrong with Australian tennis. Now, all guys are not like this, okay? But it's a perfect example of how not to go about it. This is no holds barred. Can you believe that press conference, though? That Tomic press conference. Sat there and talking about... What did he say? He said, Oh, you know, I've won plenty of titles. What's he talking about? He's won two titles in his career. Maybe three. I think it might be three. I think he's won... One in Sydney, which was 250 level, and one in Colombia. Maybe two in Colombia, which were both 250 level. He hasn't even won any major titles at all, and he's sitting there in the press conference talking about, oh, you know, Nick and I, we may win, you know, we may win a Grand Slam. Bernie, you are never winning a Grand Slam. You are nowhere near, anywhere near winning a Grand Slam. And he's even putting himself in Nick's category, in, 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 Nick's, in Nick's category. Nick's a far better player with, with much more talent than Bernie. They're, they're not even on the same 
planet, in my opinion. Nick's a, a potential top five player. With the right attitude, the right mindset, he gets 100% fit. He's top five, written all over him. Bernie, nowhere near it. And I wrote about that. I wrote about that in a column three years ago. He's maxed out. He's maxed out. He's not going any higher. That's it. That's it. I'm done with Tomic. He's a joke. This is no holds barred. I want to talk about Tanasi Kokonakis, his performance tonight against Juan Martin Del Potro. Uh, he went down in four, four sets, four tight sets. Uh, he had chances there, though, one set apiece. I believe he was up a break in set number three. But I just want to say, um, good to see Tanasi back out there on court. He's had a, a terrible run with injury. Uh, he's had uh, he had surgery on uh, a couple of surgeries on uh, on his shoulder. Uh, he's uh, he's pulled the pec muscle. I think he's had surgery in uh, with the pectoral muscle and a I believe in the uh, abdominal area as well. So. Um, you know, spoke about uh, Tanasi. He's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good fellow. He's got a good attitude. Uh, he's not afraid of, of hard work, which is great, which is what we want to see from uh, the, the young Australian players. Uh, and I'm really hoping he can get some continuation um, in his season and really see out the next six months uh, and get a full, uh, a full six months of tennis in tournaments uh, and really build that body up to where he can make an assault on the uh, on the ATP tour in 2018 but I do want to finish today's program just uh, just commenting on something that I think is interesting uh, Kokonakis uh, coming into Wimbledon had a couple of good victories uh, in the lead-up events uh, beat Milos Raonic uh, a couple of weeks out um, I'm trying to think who that other victory was against, but he got a he got a few good quality wins there. But uh, Mark Philippoussis has uh, been giving Tanasi a hand at Wimbledon, and I find this very very interesting. How Philippoussis is sitting there uh, in the in the players' box uh, as uh, you know, I, I guess. Uh, He's there giving him a hand as a coach in a coaching role. This is one thing that I think is a real problem with Australian tennis. Where was Mark Philippoussis when Tanasi Kokonakis was playing challenger events in Belgrade and in uh, Uzbekistan and in the back blocks of uh, China, for example? All of a sudden, Wimbledon rolls around, and Tanasi Kokonakis, who's battled injury for the last two years and wasn't sure whether he'd play again, can use his protected ranking to come into Wimbledon and play first round. All of a sudden, Mark Philippoussis is there to give a hand, sitting there in the front row in the players' box and wearing his... Uh, his cool Maverick Top Gun shades 
working on his suntan? Is Mark Filippusa serious? And more importantly, some of these young players and some of these Australian players need to get serious. Wimbledon rolls around and Mark decides to just show up and say, oh, well, Tanasi, I can add some value to you. I can give you a hand. What can Mark teach Tanasi? Mark Filippoussis was one of the laziest players going around, one of the most talented and gifted power players of his generation and underachieved in every way, shape and form because he was lazy, he partied, he went out, he didn't train as hard as what he could. He didn't max out on any of his ability whatsoever or any of his potential. If anything, he's an example of what Tanasi is what not to do. That's probably what Mark Philippoussis brings to the table. So it just startles me with these guys that just sort of show up out of nowhere and, you know, want to ride on the coattails of these young guys when it's like, you know what, at the end of the day, what could you possibly teach Tanasi? You can teach him what not to do. Tanasi, do everything the opposite that I did. I was lazy. I went out. I drank. Uh, you know, I chased women instead of uh, you know working on my game. Uh, I, you know, I did everything wrong. But you do the opposite. Hey, if Mark brings that to the table and Tanasi does the complete opposite of Mark Philippoussis, then you'll have a successful career. This is no holds barred. I mean, it just startles me. Absolutely startles me. This Philippoussis stuff. Tonight. I mean, first it was Tomic. And now this Philippoussis stuff, it just, it just blows my mind. Sitting there in the box. Tanasi, I'll give you a hand at Wimbledon. Why are you not giving him a hand? At the Challenger in Uzbekistan where there's no TV cameras and there's no fans and there's no players box oh but Wimbledon Wimbledon will come around and I can add some value Tanasi I can help you when you use your protected ranking and you get it, you go straight to the main draw I can give you a hand then I mean it's ridiculous it blows me away Philippoussis what not to do it's over, Mark. It's over. You had your shot when you're on tour, and you blew it. You blew it, and now you're hanging on. It's pathetic. What not to do? That's what you bring to the table. You had 15 million in the bank, and blew the lot. Fast cars, drugs, partying, nightclubs. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, look at me. No, Mark, you weren't the man. You were far from the man. You should have won 10 grand slams and you won zero. Far from the man. If anything, Tanasi, do the complete opposite. What not to do is what Mark brings to the table. Tanasi, don't be lazy. Have a positive attitude. Play with courage. Have desire. Toughness. Be professional. Eat the right foods. Hit the practice courts for three to four hours on your day off. 
Work on your game. Work on your craft. Do the complete opposite of Mark Philippoussis over your career, Tanasi. And you'll be very, very successful. I wish you luck, mate. This is no holds barred. There we have it, huh? I think we're done. I think we've gone over everything. LeBron, Lakers, NBA free agency, Haywood, maybe to the Celtics. We'll definitely find that out tomorrow on uh, on the program here at No Holds Barred. And Wimbledon Day 3, things are starting to heat up. We've got the big guns in action tomorrow. But today's show been a lot of fun, huh? A lot of fun. Things got a little bit heated there earlier on, but that's what the show's all about. Atomic's performance and press conference tonight just set me off. I'm I'm done with him, man. I'm done. He's uh he's got to go. I'm out. I'm out on all things Tomic. But tomorrow, we'll see you uh, tomorrow on the program. As I said, more hoops, more Wimbledon, more fire. This is No Holds Barred. I was born to be different That niggas can't make it to balance to choose leadership But we can make it to Jacobs or to the dealership That's why I hear new music and I just don't be feeling it Racism's still alive, they just be concealing it But I know they don't want me in a damn club They even make me show ID to get inside of Sam's Club I done did dirt and went to church to get my hands scrubbed Swear I've been baptized these three or four times But in the land where niggas praise you kinds are getting paid It's gonna take a lot more than coupons to get a like it take a lot more to do the podcast you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.